Welcome to Conversate, our podcast where we engage in conversation. On this week's episode, I, Aaron Gerke, and Kevin Bender are sitting down to have a conversation about family and the biblical call and mandate to be disciple makers in our families. We pray that this conversation will be uplifting and encouraging to you. And as always, we really hope you enjoy it. Well, hey, Aaron. Hi, Kevin. We've, uh, uh, if you're just listening to our audio, that was a very uh, delicate, a delicate clink. clink. For one reason is I dropped my coffee mug right before the filming of this, and uh, this is my special mug that my children made me for Christmas, and now it's, it's dripping out the bottom. Oh, man. I'm going to walk away from this with coffee stains all over me. I got a big chip. I'll just super glue it back together. I bet that'll work. There you go. And then you got a coffee mug. Yeah, I got a, a nice little delicate six-ounce mug here today with me uh, that Pastor Aaron gifted me for my one-year anniversary of uh, being a pastor. Right. I was ordained here at St. Peter and Paul one year ago today. Today. Well, thanks, today buddy. the filming is on June 14th, so yeah, one year, absolutely. But there's, there's more to the story than I just put, picked up a random mug for you. But so here's, here's a brief story. Uh, when I went to dinner for the first time at uh, Kevin and Molly's house, I saw their plates. And their plates were the same plates that I had as a child growing up. And I, only, I remember it because there's this lily on the front, which also happens to be your daughter's name. Coincidence. But... Uh, so, so growing up, whenever we had to set the table, we had to set the table with the, the flowers growing, you know, straight up. So you had to set the table just, just the right way. Anyways, so you guys have those same plates that I had growing up. I don't think it's the exact same. It's not like our plates are your plates, but it's the same set. We, we did buy them at a garage sale. Well, I don't I know don't how many know. hands those plates have changed, but... yeah. It, that would be really, really crazy, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be. The fact that your parents had these exact, that's amazing to me. So my parents got those for a wedding gift. And then just recently, my dad found this one mug while cleaning out his office. And my mom said, because I told my mom that you guys had these. And my mom said, would Kevin like this mug? And I said, you bet he would. So there you go. She was, And you were right. Yes. I do. I love it. You do love it. Cheers. Very gently. Oh, I'm so nervous this thing's just going to explode on me. I'm going to have to drink on this side. Drink, yeah, crack side, exactly. There you go. Oh, man. All right. Well, so here we are today, uh, this, this week where uh, you preached on uh, what it means to be family. Go and be, go and be family, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and I would say I preached on it very small piece of what it means to be family, right? Well, small, I mean, important piece, but, you know, as I was actually even thinking about this past weekend mm-hmm. of worship and this theme of family, man, there's so much that's there, right? Like right. your family life is just so much a part of who you are. And, um, mm. you know, there's obviously lots of sentimentality, you know, when you think of family and stories and, um, but, but yeah, but, but preached on, uh, especially in, especially in view of discipleship, right. which is something we've been kind of going back to week after week. Right. Um, you know, what does it mean to be uh, family 
in a discipleship sense. Right, right. Yeah. And so you, sh- you shared those stories. I mean, it was humorous, but, but poignant. These examples of how your dad raised you to be a Denver Broncos fan and, uh, and you know, you had to write apparel. You knew the right chance. I mean, you did that. You, you explained all that kind of stuff. Um, but it really got, it, it did get me thinking um, about the practicality of just this reality that we, uh, as parents, we do pass things on to our children. Mm-hmm. And as children, we, we are shaped for better or for worse by our parents and the household that we grow up in. And I, I mean, I remember learning this in I think some, some different counseling classes and maybe like in a marriage family kind of systems class in, in the seminary or college. Um, and, and when we were learning how to do kind of pre-marriage counseling and really just this emphasis on helping the, the husband and the wife understand their family of origin mm, mm-hmm. uh, and, and what that means for, for, both, for both people in the relationship that, uh, that, you know, my wife needs to understand my family of origin also to help understand who I am. Right. Uh, and, and I need to understand her family of origin to help understand who she is. And because we, we pick up on these characteristics and these dynamics and these histories and these experiences and they do, we just, we can't, you can't, you can't undo the reality that you have experienced. It, mm-hmm. it does shape you and form you. Yeah, and so many of those things are unconscious to you, right? Like you just do them uh, out of habit or because it's what you saw, but you don't even necessarily recognize like that I'm choosing to do it this way. It's just like, oh, that's just how things are done. Right. You know, you, it's not a thinking thing. It's just, this is, this is how life is supposed to go. Are there, have you ever had these experiences where this is, <laughs> where, where like as an adult, you think about some of the things that your parents told you mm. and you're like, wait a second. I don't, I don't think that's true. Like I had this experience at some point, I think in college where, um, in my head, uh, the, the crust of bread was healthier than the rest of bread. Cause I think that's somewhere my parents, cause I probably didn't want to eat the crust of the bread and I would just put it aside. And I feel like maybe my parents put it in me that you're supposed to eat the crust of the bread because it's got more nutritional value than the rest of the bread. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't know how that's true. Unless they like sprinkle nutritional value on the outside. Like it's just the, the crispiness of the bread, you know? I'm here right now, Aaron, thinking, wait a minute, the crust isn't healthier than the bread? You, I've been eating crust still all this time? No, you're right, man. I, I thought the same thing, literally. Until this moment? Well... <laughs> What? I mean, I haven't really thought about it. I just stopped eating bread altogether yeah. in our house. But uh, no, yeah, yeah. So, so it's something your parents told you. You just yeah. It was it was reality. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, so that that's on a. I mean, maybe on a <laughs> negative side of things. But I mean, mm-hmm. we would say, you know, as as parents, like it is our responsibility on a on a faith formation side mm. to. I mean, I've said it in sermons before. It's our job to, frankly, to indoctrinate our children mm-hmm. in the way that they should think and act and believe and behave mm-hmm. as Christian people. Mm-hmm. Like that is our highest calling. That sounds really weird, I think, to an American ear, though. Right. Well, I mean, because maybe we all think that we should all be able to decide for ourselves or something. Yeah. Like we have this strong individualistic kind of like 
rut or, or groove in, in American society that yeah. says no one else should really tell me or shape me or, or push me in any direction. Yeah. Like we should all do that for ourselves. But no, I mean, and this is something I, wa- I wanted to, to convey in my sermon. And I hope it came through for, for parents especially is to recognize that um, like you already are indoctrinating your kids, right? Yeah. Whether you decide to or not, that just happens. Yeah. And it's going to happen um, to your kid, you know, as a kid or a young person, um, you're going to be indoctrinated. You're going to be influenced, whether you like it or not, right, by something and somebody. Yeah, every one of us are, we are disciples. We are learners. We are practitioners of s- stuff. It's just, mm-hmm. are you going to be a disciple of, of Jesus? Like, that's Right. That's really the kind of what's on the table here. Yep. Like what you're going to be exposed to, what you see, what you, you know, read, what you intake. And especially if there's no one there to kind of like help you process it. Yeah. Like, yeah, that stuff's going to be kind of come a part of you, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, even if you spend enough time, actually people have already commented to me uh, a time or two about um, so my, my language, my dialect has been morphing a little bit ever since I moved up here. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, and... Like, I'm not surprised. I worked at a grocery store uh, growing up, and there was one time when a guy who was from, like, England came in. He had, like, a British accent. Yeah. And I started talking in a British like accent. In that moment? In that moment. <laughs> and, like, I was, like, I wasn't trying to, but I'm just very, uh, I guess, that stuff rubs off of me real easy. And so, anyways, people have picked up a lot of, like, uh, the way my O's are uh-huh. sounding, uh-huh. and I've been throwing hey in or A, you know, yeah. at the end of a lot of sentences. Yeah. But it's, I'm around these people, right? And sure. you can think about it. Like, I mean, when you spend time, you know, maybe you even have a person in your life, a friend group in your life, you know, where it's like you spend a little bit of time with them, and all of a sudden you start, like, adopting different language, the way you talk. Yeah. Um, because we, like, humankind is just, um, we're, we're, we're influential and we're influenced. Yeah. Like, things influence us and, and shape us. I know, and I don't, like, the, the older I get, the more true I realize that is. As a, as a young person, I did not want to believe that. Mm. I actually remember uh, my brother and I, when we were growing up, we had a, we had a subscription to BMG Music. I don't know. Um, I, got a, I got a couple of years on you, but BMG was a, a, a CD subscription service. So you would get a catalog and you could order, oh, I don't know. I, it was like three CDs a month or three albums, you know, mm-hmm. of different, different artists and stuff. And I remember my brother, he's three years older than me, my one brother, he, he ordered, um, he ordered a, a CD. It was uh, a meatloaf. You remember? Oh, a yeah. Uh, and, and I don't remember how old we were, but I remember this was like one of our first experiences, like buying music. Hmm. And um, my my dad made my brother sit down with him and and take out the, the like the lyric sleeve from the front of the mm-hmm, the CD mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, read through the lyrics with him and my dad was like I remember as the younger brother just like sitting and watching <laughs> this whole experience like oh my goodness you know like, like I'm so glad that's not me yeah. <laughs> so my brother's having to go through this whole thing and I remember my dad saying like does this seem like music that and lyrics that, you know, would be pleasing that you don't really want to like be listening to? Mm. And I think I remember like talking to my brother after and he was like, oh, I, like I wanted to have the CD, but I couldn't like after that, you know, so he had to return it. Uh-huh. My brother had to return it. Okay. But eventually, I don't know what we did, but we must have warned on my parents and convinced them that we don't listen to the lyrics because we 
did eventually like start accumulating worldly music. I don't know. My parents were good about having discussions with us and coaching us through it and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. But obviously that was a formative experience for me. Sure. Watching that experience, mm-hmm. at, if, if at a minimum, to think about the things that I listen to mm-hmm. and, and the way that they, what, what they're saying, like what messages are, am I surrounding myself with? You know? Exactly. Yeah. And that's, oh dude, that's a perfect example of what like Moses is kind of encouraging, right? Uh. The Israelites to do there in, in Deuteronomy 6, which was like the text, you know, that I primarily use on Sunday. You know, he's not telling them, uh, you know, per se, like <sighs> there's a difference between cutting ourselves off from the entire world yeah. and not going out into it at all uh, or, or participating in it. I mean, that's pretty much impossible because we live in it, right. right? But there's a difference between that and between having someone like coach you, you know, or ask you these questions or really walk with you and, and help you discern, mm-hmm. you know, what am I listening to? And even, even to the point of like, like, do I even agree with this? You know, and it, like, I think you can still listen to music, right? You can yeah. still watch TV shows that, um, that have content that, you know, uh, isn't like, it's, it's not just a Jesus word, word film. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but, but you, there is that key piece of, well, what is it saying though? And do I, do I recognize what it's saying? Right. And am I making sure that I'm not just like blindly agreeing right. with what it's saying? Right. Because that is more the, the trick is like it, when we're, when we are unthinking about it, sometimes all of a sudden, like music for me in my life has fostered at times like almost like attitudes that were just very, you know, like bitter or huh. um, maybe like anti-authoritarian, you know, I was kind of like a punk rock kid. Yeah. And then uh, I liked the music and I didn't even necessarily know the lyrics, but it still like bred this spirit in me huh. that, um, you know, as I think about like what, what's God calling me to be? What's he leading me to be? And actually what is good for me? Yeah. And it's like, well, that's not really that good. Like right. I don't want to be walking around all bitter, right. you know? I don't want to like be getting in trouble for no reason. Like right. this, this foolishness. Right. Uh, so that's like a really cool example of your dad yeah. walking away, even though that'd be, I would be scared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't mean about oh, it. I, just, yeah. I know your dad. I wouldn't be that yeah. scared. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Father's Day, by the way. Oh, yeah. 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 Coming up. Um, yeah, this... Uh, this discipling within the family, though, is is a huge thing, you know? I mean, last week when we we just kind of, again, broached the topic of what does it mean to be a disciple and a disciple maker, and it means to be a learner or to essentially be a teacher mm-hmm. um, and, to, and to show somebody and model to someone or to have modeled for you um, a certain way of living and being and thinking and behaving and believing. Um, so those, those of you listening that, that have families and every one of us does have a have a family um some of you may live alone now maybe you're not married or don't have kids in the house uh but you still have a a family that either influenced you or family that you have the opportunity to influence and Mm -hmm. these things i mean that is our primary calling right so Mm. um I don't think we've even used this word yet in the sermon series or in, in this podcast, but the word vocation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and maybe we'll be bringing that, we should probably bring that in at some point because that's really what we're talking about in all of these different uh, themes each week from, from family, this next week to friends and so on and so forth. Vocation uh, comes from that Latin word vocatio or calling. What is your, what is your calling? Um, and vocation kind of in that, in that scriptural context 
doesn't just mean your job or the place that you get a paycheck, but it's really everywhere that you go and live as a Christian person, you have these, these vocations and you have the calling to live as a Christian person in those places. Mm. So, um, so our primary vocation, if you're married, it's to your spouse. And then after, after that, if you have children, to your children. And then you start getting into your workplace and your volunteerism and your friend network and your neighborhood and all that kind of stuff. But really it starts at that, at that well, at the creation level, mm. right? Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What, God, what God created in the beginning from husband to wife and then to the children and then to the children's children and so on and so forth, right? So, yeah. So we, we really need to keep this, this um, family mm-hmm. thing really central to, to what it is that we're doing. Because I just think, you know, under our theme, like go and be, go and be disciple makers. For a lot, a lot of people, just for some reason we think, well, that means that I need to go overseas or I need to quit yeah. my job or I got to go do something different than I'm already doing. Mm-hmm. Well, no, not, not really. Maybe, maybe, but... Um, if you've got a family, just you're already there. Like put Christianity and discipleship, boom, right there. Mm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So God has us, yeah, placed in these different arenas uh, and, and he's with us in them and, uh, and really wants to, you know, and we talk about being alive in Christ, right? So that's our, yeah. you know, uh, well, I should know this, but I'm a year here. So let me see. We're a, we're a vibrant and multiplying family of God. Oh man, what's the rest it's of it? Truly and fully alive. It's truly and fully alive in Christ. There, there we go. Truly and fully alive in Christ. Um, but I love that because, um, y- you know, and this was in the text as well. The, the whole idea that these commands, you know, so we hear command and it's like, oh crud, you know, like this is, I gotta go do this now, you know, like or, or God's gonna be upset or something. But the heart behind it all is, this is for your good. Yeah. Like so, you will prosper in the land. Yeah. So your life will be long in the land. Yeah. And, um, and that same thing is true for us today, right, when it comes to discipling our, our households or our families. This isn't, uh, this isn't meant to be some sort of burden that God is putting on us that's a big weight. Right. Actually, what it is intended to be is uh, something that's actually going to lift our burdens, yeah. right? Like as we do it, um, you know, where God comes into these places, if it's in our home, um, now it might feel a little clunky at first. It might be a little hard to crack into, but as you as you get into it, um, God wants to come in and He wants to, uh, well, He wants to help heal. Yeah. He wants to bring restoration. Um, he wants, you know, a safe place here in your household uh, where you can, you know, maybe air out the stuff that's, that's weighing you down. You know, we use that language about like sin and brokenness. It weighs us down. Um, I mean, that's the real burden. Mm. And uh, if we're discipling in our homes, well, that just means we're saying, you know, bringing, that, bringing up Jesus, right. reminding ourselves of, of who we are yeah. and who God is, and, and his primary role for us is Savior. Yeah. <laughs> so he's coming down, he's lifting these burdens off us, and if we can speak that word of, of forgiveness now to our own family, yeah. man, that's like, those, these are the people we also want to succeed, yeah. right? And I, 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 I loved the challenge that you gave in the sermon, too, to those who are, who, to those who are parents to think about or you, I think you also give it to the children, but for mm. parents to think about uh, their salvation story, mm. you know, mm-hmm. um, like, I mean, because in that Deuteronomy text, it's the, God, God says, you know, eventually the children will say, you know, what, what's the deal with all these statutes and commands? Um, 
and and the parents are to give an answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, God was the one who delivered us out, up out of slavery, out of Egypt. So for parents to be able to have it have it ready to give a witness to their children about the salvation that they've received from Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, and and maybe like it's maybe it's not a mass conversion experience. I mean, I don't have like some adult conversion like lightning bolts from heaven. I mean, I wasn't off, you know whatever prodigal son yeah i mean <laughs> like i've just kind of always just been in the church and that sort of stuff but mm-hmm. i mean i i i i know what salvation means to me mm-hmm. in jesus i know that without jesus i would be lost without him i wouldn't have hope without him i wouldn't have peace you know mm-hmm. and and so i i want to be able to explain those things to my children in a simple way that they can understand um, so that they too can understand how that same Jesus has saved them in the same way. Yeah. Um, and it's not, it's not just my salvation, but it's their salvation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and part of my hope in that too is like, I think sometimes, even when we hear that word salvation, and this isn't wrong, we hear that word salvation and we think of Jesus on the cross. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> that is good. This is, that is the primary place, yeah, yeah. right, where our salvation is being one for us. Yeah, once and for all. Huh? Yeah, yeah. One, exactly. Once for all. Um, but... But sometimes I wonder, at least, like, do we feel 2,000 years removed from our salvation? Or, 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 or are there times in our life that we can actually think on where it's like, you know, I was like, man, things were not good, you know, in this or that area. And, yeah. like, God actually came in. He answered a prayer, yeah. right? I prayed, and it was kind of like, I don't know how things are going to get better, but I, I prayed to God about this thing, and he, he actually delivered, yeah. right? Because he still does that. Yeah. Uh, when Jesus is on the cross— um, there, there's some people in the crowd who uh, they, they make this statement, right? They say, he saved others, but he can't save himself. Yeah. Well, Jesus hadn't died on the cross for anybody else yet, okay. but he saved others, huh. right? So this idea of salvation, it's not only just this, this cross event. I mean, that is, that is everything kind of flows from that, right. you know, for us in terms of being right with God, him paying for our sin. Right. But, but Jesus was also out for restoration, in yeah. healing, you know, across ethnicities and in, in, in homes, right. um, you know, and I think, I think sometimes we forget those parts of our story, yeah. uh, where it's like, you know, I mean, I, I, so there was a time I can think of in my own life, uh, kind of like late high school, maybe early college, I just felt distant from God, like I just felt far away, and uh, there was one week uh, where my mom, I was sitting up in the the choir loft uh, in our church. So okay. like worshiping, you know, their church and, and sitting with my mom and like she could just tell something was wrong with me, something was up. Okay. Let's just start asking about it and I kind of let her know like just how I was feeling. And, uh, and she spoke to me, part of my own salvation story, oh. which was my baptism, right? Okay. But so she, she told me uh, like, Kevin, like I was there, huh. you know, like I saw you, I saw you get baptized. Oh, wow. Like I seen God claim you, yeah. you know, and so for me feeling distant for whatever was going on in my life, which is probably by my own doing, you know, yeah. like she's reminding me, this is who, who you are, yep. you know, you're forgiven by yep. him. And that has stuck with me because it was like a, I can't think of any other piece of advice or tangible anything that someone else did for me. Okay. But my mom did that. Yeah. And it, uh, yeah, it turned me a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah, super, super impactful, right? Yeah. Those, just those moments of reflection and turning to Jesus and speaking, speaking the truths of Jesus into reality. Mm. Um, and this is, I mean, this is who Jesus is. Like, he is, 
He is our living God, and he's present with us now, and he's present with us in, in our homes, around our tables, at those bedtime prayers. Mm. Uh, you know, again, not just, not just at church on, on Sunday morning. Uh, again, I mean, obviously being in church on Sunday morning is, is huge, impactful to receive the word and the sacraments and to be gathered together in fellowship. But there's another 127 hours in a week, you know, mm. where parents uh, and family have incredible influence um, over over the way that their children will will be raised and the way that their children will raise the next generation mm-hmm. i mean it's it's startling i mean you and i have looked at some of the statistics too i think that they say that the um i think it's gen, gen z is the generation z comes after the millennials so generation z would be uh, i think like current college age and younger or maybe even high yeah. school age and no, younger? yeah college like just graduating college and younger and younger yep um until like like early high school age like that generation in our in our society in america is the is is the most unchurched mm-hmm. uh generation uh, in american history mm-hmm. because they are the the largest generation being raised by the largest generation of unchurched um uh, people okay yeah so um, it's kind of been, it's been cascading down that like the, the millennial generation or the, the generation X were starting to be unchurched and starting to walk away from the church and not raising their children in the church. So we've got, we've got a whole generation coming up that aren't even being raised as Christian people. So some would look at that and say, holy smokes, like that is incredibly startling Mm. um, for the future of the American Christian church. Or we look at that also and we say, well, the, the the harvest is the, plenty. The harvest is plenty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, there, and I mean, I just had a <clears throat> I just had a conversation with a young woman uh, last week, two weeks ago. Um, was kind of raised in a Christian home, but not like she considers herself a Christian, but like doesn't know much about Jesus at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or the church, like, didn't really go to church, but kind of like believes in. Jesus, but doesn't really know Jesus, doesn't know the scriptures, doesn't yeah. know there's an Old Testament and a New Testament, all this kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Didn't really even know about like salvation by grace, mm. like through faith, still thought that it was this thing we got to merit and, and get and all this stuff. Sure. And so like, there's just, oh man, there, the opportunities and, and the, I believe wholeheartedly that the hunger is there in this generation of unchurched people mm-hmm. for, for the truth of, of God's word, of, of hope and deliverance and life and salvation and purpose and identity. Yeah. Um, and, and so, like, I, I, it's, it's, so it's on both sides of things. This, it, the statistic is startling because there are a lot of people not, not passing on the faith, mm-hmm. but there's a great opportunity for, this, for those of us who are in the faith to also reach out to those who aren't. You know. And that's why I think this identity of alive in Christ is so crucial yeah. uh, because it is a reality right. and uh, uh, it is something that does give us meaning and identity and yeah. purpose and, and we know that every human out there that's what they are striving for. Yeah. Like we are all looking for from some sense of fulfillment and purpose on, in a big way. Yeah. And we also know that if you try to find it anywhere else, yeah. eventually you're going to come up dry. Yeah. You just are. There's nothing else that's going to satisfy your soul, right, and your sense of self. Yeah. Um, because everything else is, is fleeting, and it's 
you know, it's, it's vapor, it's wind, it just, it runs away from you. Right. Um, you know, so many things are just in the moment, but, um, yeah, but this faith and, and God's work is, uh, eternal, uh, and, and long lasting. And, uh, and when you kind of taste and experience, it, it's like, you know, there's a joy there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. Kevin, I mean, it's, uh, it's a true joy to do ministry with you, and I can't believe it's been a year. In some ways, it, it feels like it's been uh, 10 years already, um, <laughs> but at the same time, I look back and I say, wow, what a blessed year, even though it's been quite a, quite a crazy year to hop into ministry, mm. uh, mm-hmm. you know, for your, for your first year, but uh, man, the future, is, the future is bright, and I, I love doing ministry with you, and I look forward to many more years. Uh, but also, I forgot to forgot to mention this at the beginning. Mm. To any of you that are viewing our podcast, Ooh. you may you may notice that we are not on the brown couch. Uh, yeah. Right? So here's here's a little pop quiz for you. We are, well, we were having some technical difficulties the last couple of weeks. Those of you who listen, I don't know. Maybe some of you gave up on us already. But uh, yeah, we have <laughs> slow motion clinking. <laughs> so we are we are not perfect. I mean, I got a broken mug now, but. Anyways, if you are watching and you can figure out where we are filming this, you get 1,000 bonus points, Ooh. all right? So you let us know, 1,000 bonus points. And if you get the 1,000 bonus points, we will tell you how you can cash them in. We'll figure that out. Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I think we, we had to switch things up because we were having some technical difficulties. We got to order some uh, replacement equipment and all kinds of different stuff. But it's all good. We, uh, we are here and uh, we pray that this conversation was a blessing to you. So as always, you know, if you heard something new, if you found something impactful or interesting, hey, take it, turn it into a conversation. Again, if you've got a family, hopefully you think about ways that you can turn this into a conversation or something practical in your own home with your family as well as you go and be family. So, Kevin, as always, it's good to be with you. Very gentle clink. Great to be with you too, buddy. (laughs) Have a good week. All right. See you later.